Australia's feeling the craft beer shakeout. The strange saga of armed forces brewing. Meet the guy who brought craft beer to New Orleans. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, the podcast where I didn't write an intro this week. Tyler, you take it away. You know, you always comment on my intros. Welcome to It's All Beer, uh, hosted by Tyler Zimmerman and fucking Pud Polar Jeremy Jones. Uh, <laughs> Look, we're going to bring sad, terrible, and somewhat entertaining news about the craft beer world tonight. So strap in and drink up. First of all, what you see me doing when you when 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 I answer the video call is not my life, okay? <laughs> I'm not here to judge. <laughs> How are you this evening? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, it's 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 been a fucked up week as evidenced by the fact that it, I got to this point, I popped up the uh, uh the notes I've got this week and then I realized, "Oh, you didn't uh, you didn't have an idea for an intro." So, well done there. Um improvised and by improvise I mean t- toss that dead cat into Tyler's backyard. And you did fairly well actually. I give you a B plus. I was going to say, I I think fairly quick on my feet for being a fat kid. <laughs> Something's got to be quick. Right? <laughs> what you drinking tonight? I am drinking the Winter Ale from Double Mountain Brewing. I'll give you a dollar to never ever say the name of that beer again. What? You don't like when I say I can't even fucking keep the straight face. <laughs> that sound that sound you're hearing is you know all five of the people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis like tuning it off because like i'm fucking hung over i cannot deal with that shit right now just it's fine just Ugh. just fast forward a few how how is the <laughs> double mountain fa la 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 this year i mean it's an old school winter ale it's hoppy it's malty it's exactly what I expected from Double Mountain. The true reason I bought it was to do that name. That was it? That was the entire reason? Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, have made a terrible mistake. I oh, no. <laughs> so, the, I guess what you're going to call it, the, the conflagration of Baptists... Uh, came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd had a couple of them. Um, and one I was curious about um, was oh, the Big no. Bad... Which one do you think it is? Is there is there one that you've had that you're like, oh my I God. I don't know. But I, y- you saying I've made a mistake and it referring to a Baptist, I'm like, ooh, they had to get real funky and it had to really be a miss then. Why do you say that? I, 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 do, you, do you find me especially credulous when it comes to the uh, the eccentricities of barrel age styles? Yeah. Uh, also, I'm just imagining in my head you're experiencing with this what you experienced anytime you had a rogue like Voodoo Donut beer or their Sriracha beer. 
it's not quite that horrific, but it's on that level. We're not, I, I'm not ready to, uh, to submit my reaction to the, the visceral, um, uh, reaction that uh, you put on after drinking the monster or the oh, no was it was it the beast un, was that the beast unleashed or what the, no that was a hard no, mountain dew the that monster was the hard was okay the hard mountain dew, dew was yeah fucking atrocious um i can I, I can chew this back and i will be able to finish this entire can um reluctantly i got the big bad baptist blueberry pie it is an imperial stout hey. asian whiskey barrels uh with nutmeg and natural flavors added according to the can uh, barrel aged a uh, whiskey barrel aged blueberry pie was what they were going for, which uh, I was there. I guess I got, you know what? I think I got bold after um, bourbon banana County's Foster? banana. Yeah. Bourbon County banana, bananas Foster, which I was fearing turned out to be exceptionally good. So I think, uh, I, I think I, I was encouraged. Um, it smells it smells like bourbon. Oh. It, it, it smells like bourbon and Kool Aid. It's like oh. it's, it smells like a whiskey bar and a blue and a grape popsicle. <laughs> like a fucking DD just spilt a grape popsicle and a fucking dive bar full of whiskey drinkers. And it tastes like so. You got the blueberry pie on the top, right? And there's well. You got like fake berry pie on top, so you got the you got the caramel, you got like the doughy flavor. It's like berry esque, and then right at the end, it's like the stout comes in and shits on it. So you've got a you've got a crappy Costco pie, right? That's never <laughs> hey Costco pumpkin pie fucking slaps. <laughs> that breaks the peak, man. I, I, I happen to know the man who who uh, who makes the majority of the Costco pumpkin pies in that in this valley. Um, he, <laughs> what seeing him uh, come in every day uh, and he and he stops by my tap room pretty much every day um, around Thanksgiving is to see a man in the throes of his own personal battle like. <laughs> Oh, I am sure. I was going to say, have you seen the time-lapse videos of, like, them loading the whole, tri like, long-ass table at Costco of pumpkin pies, and then just the time-lapse of them selling? I have not seen that. He has shown me um, video, because besides that, a lot of, a, a lot of, like, especially real estate agents and other and other people will buy, will order like hundreds of pumpkin pies that give out free to clients. And he once showed me a video of pallets, pallets of pumpkin pies that he had made uh, earlier that day. I think he said, that's 10,000 pies. That's what I did today is make 10,000 pies, and I now know what 10,000 pies looks like. Um, <laughs> and it's not like some cute little, like, Keebler pie tin either. Like, these are hefty bitches. But back to this. Um, this is not good. This is... <laughs> Again, it, at its core, it tastes like, like artificial berry flavor 
and Rogue's Dirty Stout. Like, it doesn't have, like, the rich um, chocolate. Maybe the chocolate's clashing with it is what I'm getting. Like, that, that unsweetened chocolate is clashing with that sweet, fruity flavor in a way that just makes it taste dirty. But, yeah. um, uh, no, I'm not. I... See, I'm not a big blueberry pie fan, so I would have never tried this one, and really glad that I wouldn't have. I will. I will eat a blueberry pie. I'm not. It's. It's not. I don't think it's my favorite. I love a blueberry. I will eat you. You pass me a clamshell of blueberries. I will eat the fuck out of those. Those blueberries. Yeah. Um. And yeah. I. And and. Uh, uh, a blueberry pie is a, a wonderful thing. Uh, this is a crime against man, woman, law, God, and nature. Pies? <laughs> just stick with pumpkin or apple? There's... Epic. There's a reason why the the naked Baptist suddenly became very popular. It, it's, scale it back. Scale it back, guys. I, I, I know we're in a... I know we're in a phase where you, you just don't sell anything unless you start adding marshmallow fluff, salted caramel, chocolate, s- cocoa puff shit to your barrel-aged beer. Um, but scale it back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, as, I, uh, as I choke back this beer, Tyler, do you want to get us started today? Yep, we're going to Jeremy's least favorite place down under um i'm Why pretty you... sure you've shit on australia like three times on this podcast so it's not it's, it's not my least favorite country i shit during the world cup i shit on qatar way more yeah but that was because you can't buy bacon and beer without a license that's and those are two of my favorite things. That's that's a good reason to shit on a country. I think I've also cut. I, I also I think I've also shit on Thailand pretty hard, uh, uh, England and Ireland, despite being uh, uh, being quite fond of Ireland myself. Uh, I think every European com- country we've covered. I think I've probably shit on Belgium and Germany, despite uh, uh, actually having an affinity for both those countries. So um, I, I'm not against Australia. They just they they just live on the wrong side of the planet, and uh, and that's and that's that's where why they're inferior. Um. Well, <laughs> the blood's rushing to their head. That's the problem. Yep. Um, and. <laughs> Apparently, people aren't rushing into tap rooms either. Um, it's an article from ABC News down in the Sunshine Coast um, talking about how Australia's once booming craft beer scene is uh, hitting some rough waters right now. Um, they spoke with Rupert Hall, who owns Ten Toes Brewery, which really made me be like, why are you bragging about having Ten Toes? Like... That's kind of the standard amount there, buddy. I don't know um, what the Sunshine Coast is like in Australia, but I, what if it's something like Mississippi and having 10 toes is actually kind of a... a listen, none of us are genetic defectives, all right? All of us have 10 toes, all of our teeth, both eyes face mostly the same way. We're at the top of the food chain here, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but they were talking to Rupert, and he goes on to talk about how uh, there's been a stark increase in breweries going under in the last 9 to 12 months. Uh, 
they specifically mentioned Burley Barrels Brewing, which closed less than 18 months after initially opening. Uh, and the main causes are increased operational costs and decline in sales, which I was like, that's kind of the two things that'll really take a fucking business. Your sales decline, your costs go up, you're fucked. Those are two things that, that are, uh, those don't, they, those go well, about as well together as blueberry and fucking bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the big thing that this article really kind of highlights that I found really interesting is the tax burden apparently has just jumped. Um, Australia apparently has the third highest tax beer industry in the world. In the last three years, the excise tax for beer has gone up 11%. Um, Australia apparently allowed excise tax to be deferred during the pandemic. But that basically just led to just a huge pile of debt. And so when the deferred stopped, it was all due. And now these breweries have a huge payment they have to make back to the country and aren't able to do it. I'm always sort of surprised how restrictive, like, British colony, the the British and former British colonies are towards alcohol because booze built that empire. Uh, and... They, they're when I first figured when I first learned that pubs close in England at about eleven o'clock, and by the way, in England they're they're taxed at about the same uh, about the same rate. I'm it sort of ran into a, against everything I knew about the British and uh, their derivatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Rupert Hall said some of the. Most of the breweries uh, in his area are down 20 to 30 percent right now, uh, some being down 60 to 80 percent in business. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, on top of the slowing business up to 60, 80 uh, percent, the ingredients have gone up by as much as 37 percent. So. 11% increase on excise tax, 37% increase on cost of goods, and let's be generous and say a 30% decline in business. There ain't much money left to survive. Which begs the question, what the hell are the Aussies drinking? Because I know those people haven't stopped drinking. I've met a few Aussies in my life, and none of them have been sober. Well, Jeremy... I'm going to give you a little hint. Similar to the American consumer, would you like to guess? Uh, they found Jesus? Nope. Pre-mixed RTD alcoholic drinks, um, as well as a boost in mainstream beer, um, because the consumers are trying to be more frugal and save money because of the rising inflation. Um, which I was like, oh, man, they really are just kind of fucking mirroring us. Like they, They've always been like, a, like America light. You know, they, yeah. 
like almost America, the big fans of barbecue and 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 terracing all over uh, barren stretches of land, shooting random wildlife. Um, uh, yeah, but the thing is, over there, all the wildlife can kill you. Yeah, that's true. Well, except for the kangaroos. Uh, Jeremy, I'm pretty sure a kangaroo would beat your ass bloody. <laughs> but, but relatively, uh, but relatively. Uh, 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 safe versus like everything else on that that crawls across that. Uh... <laughs> True, it's the like least deadly thing that I mean, you'll I think, encounter. I think nicer than a koala. Those little bastards are vicious. Way nicer than drop bears. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's it kind of talked in how back in 2015 the Sunshine Coast had one brewery. Now it's Australia's craft beer capital, and they've got the highest per capita number of craft breweries anywhere in Australia. Um, and th- this is where they're truly seeing most of the slowdown, and they're reaching out to the government to try to be a little bit easier and provide some relief uh, for these small mom-and-pop breweries and encouraging customers to get out to the local tap rooms, drink local made beer from either the source or from the pubs and bottle shops that they frequent. Um, otherwise, Australia may go kind of dark with uh, their craft beer. Lay off the RTDs, too. I mean, Christ, I, if you cannot muster the uh, the 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 will to mix a cocktail. I understand them in like a setting. I don't know what their, I don't know how fucked up their laws are, but I understand them in a setting here where they're kind of a, a workaround, a liquor license. Uh, but if you can't be, bu- if you're, if you're buying the whiskey and Coke, uh, uh, to take uh, home and drink at home, you, you, you are a worthless slug. I'm sorry. You, you, have I, official- mean, I can kind of get the like, more complicated cocktail ones but if it's a two ingredient one like the gin and tonics or the whiskey and coke i'm like if you can't figure out what's in a whiskey and coke i don't think you should be allowed to drink you're probably one of those assholes who actually bought the peanut butter and jelly mixed together in one container going oh thank god free from the tyranny of having to open two jars (laughs) (laughs) i had to walk to the kitchen and spend an extra 10 seconds on my feet. It was... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what have we got next? And then craft beer got as fucked up as the rest of the world news now. <clears throat> I, I, So what follows, I don't know what any of it means. I usually like to kind of frame things as part of a larger story of craft beer, but it's hard in this case because... It's really a bunch of interesting things tied together through the same brewery with no real way of bringing them together yet. So I'm going to talk about this, and then we'll get to where the story ends. There's going to be an awkward pause, and then we're going to go on to the next thing. Uh, What to take away from this? It'll Uh, be just like Jeremy's first time having sex. Pretty much. It'll be like, well, we're done. Um, Do you want a Coke or something? Do you want a... Need a washcloth? I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, there'd be so much. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> it's been a while. Um, but uh, so <clears throat> Armed Forces Brewing. They are originally out of Delaware, and they have been contract brewing up to this point while raising funds to start up their brewery. More on that in, in a moment. But they seem to have found a home in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, they quickly ran afoul of the locals, and now Norfolk, it's home to the, one of the largest military bases, or Navy bases, yeah. to be specific, in the country. So and they got a Navy SEAL training facility there, and... So why would a town that's heavily military be at odds with a quote-unquote military tribute brewery? Well, it's also com- Jeremy. It's pronounced no, no fuck. Is it? It's not. Yes. No fuck. No fuck. No fuck. No fuck Virginia. I'm I not asked pronounce- the cabbie when I was there because he kept saying no fuck, and I was like, so is it Norfolk or no fuck? And he's like, no fuck. I'm gonna keep saying Norfolk. Norfolk. I can't even say it anymore. Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk. Basically, if you don't want to sound completely inbred, just say no fuck. Okay, I'm gonna keep continue pronounce. <laughs> Great. Now, you know what? That city in fucking Virginia. There. Was... <laughs> hey, I got hammered there. I had a great time. <laughs> This comes from a couple of sources. The Virginia Mercury by uh, uh, an article by Jim Morrison and the Fingers newsletter by Dave Infante. Uh, Dave Infante's work is a, is a regular feature on this podcast. And Fingers is kind of his pet project uh, talking about it's basically a, a, a drinks industry newsletter. Um, this particular, it's usually, uh, behind a paywall. This particular, uh, article he is, is out in public because of, uh, uh, he considers it important towards a public interest. Uh, he did fantastic work looking into this as well. I've also spent a lot of time on armed forces brewing social media. So a lot of this comes right out of their faces. So it started this summer. Uh, when Governor Glenn Youngkin uh, put out a press release uh, crowing that they had successfully competed uh, with uh, uh, other, among other states, Florida and Maryland, um, to establish a new home for armed forces uh, brewing in Norfolk. Um, it's worth taking a moment to talk about what armed forces brewery is. All right, it's often compared to like Black Rifle Coffee, but for craft beer. Um, they are darlings of Fox News. Uh, the CEO has made several appearances there. They have a ridiculous promotional video that looks like what we would get if you enter if you enter the phrase "patriotic beer makes woke angry" into AI. Uh, it feature, <laughs> it features Robert O'Neill, right? He's the Navy SEAL who claims to have been the one who to actually shoot Bin Laden. Oh, that ginger from Montana. This has earned him a bit of ire from the uh, other SEALs who observe a tight silence about what they actually do in the field. Um, so as they're really the only person who's talking about it, I guess you take him at his word. Uh, listen, for my money, the loudest person in any group is most likely the one to be completely full of shit. I also recognize that as a SEAL, he could kill me with a cork cage off one of my fancy Belgian beers. So fuck it, he killed Bin Laden. The video features him strutting around a nondescript warehouse with a silent woman with gigantic knockers barely contained in what can only be described as military-themed fetish costumes. 
And during the course of the commercial, he dumps a can of, quote, piss spear into the toilet, blows that up with a grenade, calls in a drone strike against, quote, pretentious foreign brewery, makes fun of beer geeks calling them slacker coffeehouse mythanthropes and dis- and then the disabling the offending uh, uh, connoisseur with a Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's, I have to watch this video now. I thought about uh, if, if you you definitely go you definitely gonna want to. I I I am gonna try to link to it on on our social media. Uh, it's it's funny and fucking ridiculous. Um, it, and it's a remarkable self parody. The me- the message is basically our beer is so good because we say it is. We're about America and boobs, and therefore you should. Well, again, I'm building to something, but we'll get to that in a moment. <clears throat> My point is, is they claim to not pander to a specific bl- uh, uh, political viewpoint, but that is pretty bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I've watched it several times. I've watched a bunch of their other videos. Another one of my favorite is like, there's a, th- that same you know, uh, that same beer connoisseur is like laying in a field, uh, reviewing one of their beers, just laying in the field like us beer aficionados are wont to do, just out in a field somewhere. Why the fuck did I miss this memo? Um, uh, he's reviewing their uh, 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 their preamble uh, beer. Uh, of course. Um, uh, mistaking it for uh, you know something like. Prima berries. I don't pre-mamble berries. I don't taste any of the pre-mamble berries. Uh, don't like it. Not woke enough. And then they chase him around the field with a tank. So it's 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 fun <laughs> because that's how we that's how we are in the world. We're just laying in fields, uh, uh, raiding beers on their relative wokeness. <laughs> what the fuck? It's probably less funny if you're a Navy SEAL watching this and watching one of your own basically behave as a carnal barker for freedom boobs. But you know what? I digress. Governor Yunkin was so impressed by something, maybe the video, maybe uh, the appearances on Fox News, maybe he just likes the company. Uh, but he wanted the brewery to build their home in his state. So he outcompeted other states for the honor. Um a turn of phrase that got Dave and Fonte curious. Uh, what did they mean by out-compete? He notes that it's not unusual for breweries to be used as political pawns because, to quote Infante in his piece, quote, voters like beer, small breweries are often community hubs, and brewing jobs are hard to outsource. Um, but as we've covered extensively, I don't know, just now, um, <laughs> craft beer isn't exactly in its heyday. Um, and Virginia has at least 344 breweries. That's how much they, uh, that are uh, registered with the, uh, Brewers Association. So why this brewery and what did they get exactly? That's when Dave Infante uncovered quote, project Seawolf, which was an adorable secret code name that the Virginia Economic Development Partnership and the Norfolk City officials used in reference to a project of trying to get a brewery to take over the location occupied by the former O'Connor Brewing Company in the Ghent neighborhood of Norfolk. Um, Seawolf, strangely enough, is one of Armed Forces Brewing's brands paying tribute to the U.S. Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard. 
Uh, the project was started in February of this year, despite the fact that O'Connor Brewing was still in the facility, um, although it did state a uh, an intent to vacate in July. In March, through Project Seawolf, which doesn't get any less ridiculous the more you say it, the Virginia Economic Development Partnership and the city of Norfolk developed a proposal that, among other things, cut them over $300,000 in tax breaks, which, that's that's a nice chunk of money for a brewery just starting out. Yeah. Fuck. Um, now... Maybe the brewery I work for needs to start pandering a little and move to Virginia. Uh, the Virginia Economic Development Partnership pointed out to Dave Fonte that this deal was not like other deal deals offered to other breweries. They pointed out that they've offered a version of the same deal to Silver Branch Brewing, um, and it was kind of on a per-job basis. Very simply, I mean, the deals are very complicated, um, and uh, but... The short the, the short version is they basically get a tax break for every job they create uh, in the community. And it's about $700 per employee that they plan to hire as production staff. Uh, that's a little bit important because it covers it basically covers any every anything but taproom staff. So if, if you're not serving beer or waiting tables, you're production staff, by the way, including 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 uh, positions that were and already being that are tended to be filled by somebody already within the company, like the CEO himself. But I digress. Um, the difference is that Silver Branch, you know, offered the same deal, only got about six grand in tax breaks. So yes, similar deal, but vastly different in scope. Silver Branch or Silver Bullet should have showed up with a fucking tank. <laughs> All of which. It's taxpayer money. And so you come back to the big question of why. I mean, a brewery isn't exactly a huge economic engine, um, and especially not anymore. At the best of times, these sort of tax incentives are questionable in whether or not they pay for themselves. And a brewery is kind of a, is, is a, it, it, the idea that you're going to get that much in tax revenue on the backside is a little bit suspect. Um, but again, why this one? Especially, Armed Forces got a couple of strikes against it. First, it doesn't seem like the neighborhood wants it there. Because, let's face it, Armed Forces Brewing is a lot of things. Subtle is not among them. And when word got out recently uh, that they were moving into town and a little sousson of what they were about... Because it's not hard to figure out what they are about. Uh, 800 people filed objections to the brewery's application for required conditional use, and the commission and the city commission members then kind of turned on the governor and the Virginia Economic Development Partnership and recommended a denial of their permits. Now, as much as it will not surprise anyone to learn that. a lot of this objection has a lot to do with the uh, overt political pandering that comes out of, and the borderline offensive statements. I'm going to say borderline. After going through their social media, it's it's right wing nonsense, but it's not. There's there's a line, and that line is like overtly calling for the uh uh for the for the harm or 
or um, or even the the exclusion of a particular group or whatever. It's very vague. There's definitely dog whistles there, but it's the but it's not over the line. I don't think. But uh, a lot of it also swirls around O'Neill, who has spent most of his time mocking transgender people, refusing to wear masks during the pandemic. Usual trollish Fox News masturbatory bullshit. Uh, but he's such a force that a lot of people assume that he owned and ran Armed Forces Brewing, when in fact he was just a spokesperson, or was. Um, according to Armed Forces Brewing, he was removed as brand ambassador after an arrest in August uh, in Dallas for public intoxication and misdemeanor assault of a security card, during which he probably used a racial slur. Uh He's still part owner, though, and his uh, and his own professional brood or his own personal brood the hard way video is still up. All right. <laughs> but uh, Andrew Copeland, uh, a Norfolk resident and founder of the craft beer professionals, uh, he's led a lot of the opposition. Um, he said he saw the booby video and found it a little in poor taste and then said, quote, once we dove deeper into the company uh, and and what they stood for and what their leadership represented and what it truly, that's when it truly became something that I did not believe reflects the values of what we have in our wonderful community. Uh, but of course, barring a brewery from a, a opening in a neighborhood based on their political views, to, it's a dicey proposition, right? Um, uh, Eli Wilson, author of uh, Beer and Society uh, and How We Make Beer and How Beer Makes Us said in the article, quote, the companies and people drawn to craft beer, sorry, let's try, try again. Uh, the companies and people drawn to craft beer champion a kind of authenticity. Uh, often they are outspoken about their positive, progressive social values, uh, but that's not the only kind of authenticity. Uh, the view that my company is an expression of who I am and what I believe uh, can be presented, and it certainly manifests on the other side of the political spectrum. In short, it's a bit rich to welcome a brewery that holds one political view and not another. Um, but at the same time, at, if one of those political views is we welcome all people regardless of race, religion, gender, and sexuality, and the other is, huh, 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 hey, butthead, I killed somebody famous. Huh, look at these boobs. Huh, huh, huh. There is, there's also a matter of, there's, it's a complicated issue is what I'm saying. Um, but by the way, not the only issue it had. And Copeland also points out the fact that Armed Forces Brewing has a has a goal of producing 500,000 to 700,000 cases of beer, which is nearly three times the production that O'Connor at O'Connor's Peak and would cause problems in a residential neighborhood where the brewery is based. Never mind the fact that this uh, is a brewery that never talks about their beer. And that brings me to one of the weirder aspects of Armed Forces Brewing that actually nobody really discussed. Okay, I spent a frankly idiotic amount of time going through their social media. I mean, any amount of time is idiotic, but I spent a fair amount. And behind all the blather, there's something strange. I know, for instance, that Armed Forces Brewing has over 10,000 part owners. I know that for as little Whoa. as... I know for as little as $200, you, Tyler, you could be a part owner. I know that this brewery loves America and patriots and patriots and troops. Is this a Ponzi scheme? But I don't know anything about their beer. I think their flagship beer is the what we discussed the earlier, the preamble. 
And I think it's an American lager based on the pictures and their general demeanor. But I can't tell you for sure. And in every communication, their message has not come down to come down to our brewery and enjoy one of our fine half handcrafted America beers. At every stage, the message is come invest and give us money. They're now, a Ponzi scheme. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. <laughs> now, I will. Of course, it's not unusual for a brewery to crowdsource a startup. And I've watched. Okay. And I've watched the preamble. Their huh? preamble is a patriotic session lager. American lager, yeah. Where did you find that? Their Untapped? website. Where did you really? Where, where did you? I must have been on a different website because the the website I I, I found for uh, uh, Armed Forces Brewing on the on the front page was invest in this company. I went from Google straight to the beer, our beer page. I could not find the our beer page. Well, that'll teach me. <laughs> uh, and then they have the Cat Shot American Craft Lager. The Special Hops. No, I don't want to sign up for your newsletter. Uh, <laughs> the IPA. Uh, the 2023 Grunt which is a double IPA. Death from Above, a coffee porter. Uh, Neptune's Beer, which is a thrice Bach lager. Uh, a, a, a triple Bach? I, I'm assuming. Like a doppelbach, but, you know, without all that ABD German... He says 12 to 13%, so I'm assuming a triple Bach, but... Well, there is a large button that says invest. So okay. I somehow did not make it to that website. So maybe I was not clicking on the right things. Uh, uh, but uh, 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 thank you, Tyler, for going. Oh, that, hold on. I found that. Yeah, that took me five seconds. What the hell is the matter with you? I was too entranced by the boob video. I guess. <laughs> the thing is, I am looking at. Okay. Looking at their CEO on the meet the thing, exactly how I imagine. <laughs> oh, they're all exact. There's like, it's a, it's a, except it's, for their head brewer. Yeah. Well, there's like, the, the, you go down their list of about us, and it's like about eighty percent glowery muscular men, uh, three women that look like they came off of Fox News, and then a couple of like. One of these things nerdy, is not skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Nerdy. And then a couple of nerdy, a, a couple of skinny, nerdy geeks who you imagine actually do the work. Uh, but anyway, so, all right. Uh, 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 they, but I, my point was, is that like, is, is through their, through all their like social media, the, it all seems to come back to like invest. Now, that's just one red flag. Now, here's another one. It's touted as a veteran-owned brewery. In fact, that's usually the cry on this, usually on, on Fox News. But here's the thing. It's, they never served? Well, well, it's... Here's the thing. The CEO and found, founder, Alan Beal, um, he's not a veteran. Now, he, now, 
he he's quick to point that out, and he then goes to he then talks about the ten thousand owners who, okay, yeah, I'm sure some of them are veterans. Four percent is owned by O'Neill, who, who's who's definitely a veteran, um, but the the whole shtick about being veteran owned, um, uh, but, um. But being like a be, having that large of a uh, a owner base is kind of a is doesn't mean anything because any brewery about that size could be veteran owned uh, if yeah. you have that many owners. Uh, I like when I clicked on his little profile. It's like he is comes from a four branch military family. His grandfather, father, brother, nephew, two uncles, and several cousins all served in these branches. But he didn't, and which is listen. Do you need to be a veteran to start a military tribute brewery? No, I suppose not. Uh, it's weird. Seems a little disingenuous. It's a little bit. It'd be a bit like if I opened a sports bar. Like, could I do it? Sure. There's nothing preventing me other than my complete lack of experience, knowledge, or let's be honest, interest in the whole basis of the project. And you'd be rightly assuming that I had some sort of ulterior motive besides my love of sports all of a sudden. But... And this is a bit of personal commentary. I'm also very suspicious of any company who produces nothing but content saying that they're going to produce some really awesome stuff and make money by convincing people to invest in a company that will someday produce something really awesome stuff. Now just give us money. To which you might argue, Jeremy, doesn't that basically describe every tech company ever? To which I would reply, where do you think the suspicion comes from? Mm-hmm. They've been producing, I mean, they've been contracted brewing for a while. Um, now what they're now, how far they're again, but I was looking, I was looking for the about beer page or where you could buy their beer. I couldn't find it. Could you find that? Yep. Uh, cool. You can find do, it. Do my, <laughs> do my research for me. Hey, normally I'm the unprepared one. So, uh, slight oversight, slight oversight. That is my bad. Uh, you can currently find it in Maryland, Virginia, Texas, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Florida. Uh, they are approved in all the military base of the AFES. Um, you can also find it in, they said they were approved in Walmart, Winn-Dixie, and one other thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh... um, And you can order it online. Uh, so... Uh, uh... So that, I guess the at this point in time, the final say goes to the Norfolk City Council, which plans to vote on the issue on December 12th. Um, and it'll su- surprise exactly nobody that Beal has stated that when slash if the permit is not approved, he intends to sue because, of course, he is. Um, but even if he does get this w- get his way, I don't know how far a brewery's going to make it when a decent cross-section of the neighborhood doesn't want them there. I mean... Ask Ten Barrel or Melvin how well that works, right? Um, and not to mention the jab at the thick feckless hipsters who, okay, you're a craft brewery that doesn't want anything to do with people who really like beer and I, spend money on beer. I understand that beer snobs are an infuriating bunch, and they're not necessarily the same group of people who just the people who just love beer. But there's a decent crossover, and again, who are you marketing to exactly? Uh, what's hilarious, uh, so I clicked on the head brewer about 
page. Uh, Dale Lazar is the head brewer for Armed Forces Brewing Company at their flagship location in historic Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, he is one of the few registered journeymen in brewing as recognized by the Department of Labor. Um, so... I think I realized the I think I realized the problem in my approach was I I, I was so like so they're they're boasting that their flagships already in their flagship breweries already in Virginia. It it seems to be a little premature, but I, I I suppose they're probably pretty confident that it's just, it's gonna go in. I mean, they've been guaranteed three hundred thousand dollars if they do, uh, and. It's hard to it's hard to say this this far away and and just from reading about it like how what the likelihood of one way or the of of which way or the other the uh, the city council is going to vote and yeah. by, and by the way you know that might be a you know opera project Seawolf might just then go find them another spot who knows uh and that's. I guess where we leave this for now. I mean, Armed Forces Brewing. I don't know. It's it might be a cynical Ponzi scheme that's capitalizing on the culture wars just long enough to run off with money and a few thousand credulous Fox News that'll dupes. Maybe I I think I've hit it enough uh, over the course of this piece. That's the way I'm leaning, Tyler. I think you said it outright. <laughs> but yeah, I don't this know. Is... The problem, I think, the problem, the problem, how I approached that was, I was like watching their social media and then clicking on the links from them, and their and and those links led me to a a like a buy uh, a a a buy page. So I didn't, I don't think I just Googled Armed Forces Brewing outright. That's that was my strategic mistake. <laughs> I was I was following their what the, I was following the link they wanted me to click instead of. <laughs> And they probably didn't know how to properly redirect it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, that, that, I just kept on finding one. I'm like, all you can do is all, all all that you can do is invest in the company. I don't see. I mean, they they were clearly producing beer. I but I couldn't find out. I couldn't find where or, or how much. But uh, 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 I guess if you are on an air force or on a military base, including an air force base, rather, um, and go enjoy. Let me let us know how it is. <laughs> I, I'm a little skeptical of um, of a brewery that uh, seems to have at least uh, uh, at least to in, at least seems to enjoy antagonizing beer geeks, or yeah. may, or maybe just us fuck, feckless leftists. I don't know. Uh, I I regardless of the decision of Norfolk uh, City Council, I can all but guarantee uh, this is not the last we'll hear of Armed Forces Brewing Company, and um, I guess cue the awkward pause. Tyler, you have anything for us? <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to stick in the south, and, uh, well, Virginia's not really the south, but it's close enough. south of the Mason-Dixie line. They close were, enough. They were, they were on the right side of the Civil War, unless you're, um, unless you're with Armed Forces Brewing, and probably you'll, then you'll probably take, a, 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 take a, 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 a issue with the right side of the Civil War, but I digress. Uh <laughs> Good Beer Hunting came out with an article talking about the guy who brought beer and, like, craft beer and really built the start of the beer culture in New Orleans. Um, and 
His name is David Stein, or Dan Stein. Uh, he owns Stein's Market in Delhi. He's uh, from Philadelphia. And this is actually one of the two spots that I was disappointed I didn't go to while I was down there in New Orleans. I'd been told about this like little deli sandwich shop from this Northeast guy um, who was kind of rough grumble from uh, Ben, one of the guys who listens to this podcast. He's like, you go in, it's this awesome little deli sandwich shop. He's like, they got a shitload of like beer from all over the country and all over the world. And then if there's something you don't see on the shelves in there, you go out back, walk through like this little yard and there's a like shed back there that has even more beers to choose from. Oh, like the the the, the kitchen in the old buildings. Yeah, uh, and so he's like, "Dude, you gotta go check it out." Uh, was really over near Magazine Zine Street one time, uh, but we had taken an Uber over there, and so they cut over to where we were going to eat, cut around it, and so basically. I went further past it, but didn't realize how close I was or else I would have just walked to it. Um, so missed out on going there, but we're going to give you a little backstory on it and how this Philadelphia kid who became a lawyer decided to stop practicing law in Philadelphia, move to Hurricane or to New Orleans, right, two months after Hurricane Katrina, with no job, get a job working for a couple restaurants and a cheesemongering business, uh, basically started to do some of the alcohol buying while he was there, and really started to enjoy it, uh, started to read as much as he could. He knew the craft beer industry was emerging from being in Philadelphia and other parts of the country. Uh, but Louisiana just really didn't have any craft beer at the time. Whereabouts and, is this place? Like, is it French uh, quarter or, or further North and, uh, be further West in the garden district on magazine street. Okay. So, um, but which is funny. Cause when I went and got, Po' Boys from Mahoney's, it was just, Mahoney's is just a little bit further down Magazine Street from uh, Stein's. So, he started falling in love with this, started uh, really deciding, hey, I'm going to kind of do what I do best and try to make connections, started making connections with breweries and distributors and importers and getting them to bring the product to the state and to the city so he could start buying it. And then people started coming in from all around and with more people moving there after Hurricane Katrina, they were happy to see kind of the flavor of home. Uh, and it really started taking off and became kind of this gained this cult little following, um, where people have asked him to officiate their wedding. Uh, wow. Yeah, he, uh, against the advisement of his parents, uh, quit being a lawyer to 
basically make sandwiches and sell beer. That's 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 a fair uh, that's a fair uh, uh, advice from the parents because uh, if you you've you've already gone to school to be a lawyer you've passed the bar uh, you've uh, I, I assume practiced for a little while and you came you come home one day and like uh, um, um, uh, hey mom dad I'm I've decided to leave all that behind and go make sandwiches I I think if any parent would be justified in going what are you insane well. First, so he graduated from Temple University Law School. Um, oh, that's barely a school. I have no fucking oh. idea. <laughs> he got his undergrad from Wharton and then wasn't sure what he wanted to do with his life. So went. his dad convinced him to be a lawyer like him, went to Temple Law School, got that, got like a super highly coveted job our internship right after school uh that was a clerkship in louisiana um he finished that up moved back to philadelphia to practice law for a private firm and every saturday and sunday would go to this breakfast spot have breakfast by himself then go to a cheese store buy some cheese head home and then drive over to his parents house finally he said i don't want to sit in an office wearing a suit and tie all the day i want to get my hands dirty so he walked into the cheese store in Philadelphia, asked for a job, walked into the restaurant, asked for a job. They both hired him. And then he saw Hurricane Katrina hit and realized he didn't want to live in Philly. He wanted to get back to New Orleans where he had spent some time during his clerkship, enjoyed the city, enjoyed it being a smaller city. And he'd rather be a big fish in a small pond, uh, especially when that pond was trying to rebuild. So, so when, that moved po- when that pond was flooded... <laughs> And a lot of the fish moved out, rightly so. Yep. Um, So he moved down there, started working at a grocery store, bounced around to a few cheesemonger and beer buyer jobs, uh, uh, Martin Wine Cellar and Whole Foods, uh, where he learned how to stock beer. Like I said, he then really started diving in and figuring out. And he has a bed in his... The article talks about how he has a bed at the restaurant because that's where he spends most of his days. Um, and that's that's very like lawyerish behavior. Like I'm just gonna set up a bed here. Why why bother? Uh, but he's kind of become this staple, and he's designed the restaurant to basically be in his image. I mean, there's Batman figurines, T-shirts, memorabilia. There's posters from old campaigns graduation photos uh there's even a banner that someone made that said smell the love stein's market in delhi um hey but uh what is crazy is so you expect yeah there's going to be some coffee in the deli there's going to be potato chips sandwiches deli meat but then i understand what a deli uh, is yeah yeah then there's all this huge beer selection from local breweries that he's tried to support, uh, rare European beers, bottles of chill wine, um, and then go out back and there's even more. Um, and so it's really just exposed people in New Orleans who has a great – the city has a great drinking culture, but it's predominantly liquor and not so much beer – 
And so he's kind of created that beer culture, got um, really is kind of the people, the person that spurred a lot of the craft beer revolution in New Orleans and got other breweries to start wanting to open in New Orleans, starting to grow. And because uh, 20 years ago, only Abita and Heinerbrau represented the packaging breweries in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Georgia or in Louisiana and then Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia could only each boast one or two packaging breweries as well. Louisiana, as of today, only has 40 craft breweries, placing it in 49th in the U.S. by breweries per state and capita. Four, f- four below uh, New Jersey. <laughs> yep. I'm Louisiana a- didn't break 40, 49th, the double so I- digits until 2013. That, that, that does beg the question. So we've now, in the past couple of weeks, talked about the 45th and the 49th. What's 50th? I don't know. I'm think curious it's, now. I think it's 50, think it, all right. So uh, very so uh, quick. I'll bet it's Mississippi. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it, I think it's Mississippi or Kansas. Maybe Alabama. Okay. Keep talking. I'll see if I can't find this real fast. Um, but... So, with this, he's, like I said, he's become that staple. He's the godfather of New Orleans craft beer. And then COVID hit, making it harder for, uh, basically, beer to be a mainstay, where beer supply increased, demand slowed, and it was harder for distributed brands, um, and it forced him to actually reconsider how reliant he could be on beer. He's diversified his business a lot more, but he's not solely reliant on beer, which has helped him survive the pandemic, um, the craft beer bubble waning. And he said, craft beer is never going to be the profit center for this place. But the one good, the one thing I've been good at is knowing what's good. That's a great thing and a curse about working here all the time. All right, quick side note. Uh the uh, uh the the bottom of the the bottom of the barrel as far as uh breweries per capita. We talked about New Jersey, 46 is Georgia, 47 is Utah, 48 is Texas, 48 is Texas. Oh, damn. 49 is Now they list this is off a Vine Pair article uh, from tw- uh 2022, so it might have changed since then. 49 is Alabama. 50 is Louisiana and 51 since they count the district of Columbia is Mississippi. All right. Just a quick, just take that little fact nugget home and enjoy it. (laughs) But, um, if you're ever find yourself in new Orleans, go stop by this spot. It's a spot where you could see a, garbage man or a gutter punk sitting next to the mayor of new orleans all being treated the same enjoying a sandwich and um buying some really cool beers so if you're a beer nerd go stop by steins who knows he might even be behind the counter and you can meet his allegedly gruff personality <laughs> sounds like a treat <laughs> i mean he's from the northeast <laughs> from philly they're 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 famously a warm cuddly bunch <laughs> uh jeremy what have we got next 
Dude, we get it. People like you. You can stop news now. Uh, John May, the internet's favorite raging alcoholic, is at it again. Uh, we talked about him earlier this year when he decided he was going to go out for he's going to go out and drink two thousand beers in two hundred days. Uh, he cleared it with some ease in October and was famously back at the pub the next day, which is an impressive commitment to liver destroying. I think we can all agree. Um, well, the problem is that over the course of the, that two hundred days, um, when he started this whole thing. He was just a normal, run-of-the-mill, functional alcoholic. He'd get up in the morning, go to his job, go to the pub, drink 10 fucking beers, and go home. But since he's been doing been doing the drinking on TikTok, that's become his job. And the people want more. Uh, so now this is his life. Um, he set... He, it, to, to to continue with his livelihood, I guess he set the I feel very obtainable goal, given all things considered, of drinking <laughs> ten beers every day for a year for a grand total of three thousand six hundred and fifty beers in one year. Um, uh, I mean, does does he already get the two hundred days that he? No, he's starting from scratch. Or... He's starting from scratch. He's got he's. He's, if I was talking, so we're, we're starting over again. Day one, beer one. Here we go. Um, also, uh, the I, I picked this up from the lad uh, from from the lad news. Uh, they did point out it's actually a leap year, so uh, it's actually uh, three three thousand six hundred and sixty beers. Uh, he didn't oh, he didn't perfect. factor that in, but this is not a done deal uh, yet, apparently. Uh, first, he plans to race in the Land's End to John O'Groat's long-distance cycle ride. Aren't British place names just the best? <laughs> just the John O'Groat's. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what he's going to do. But only if he gets 500 pounds in his GoFundMe page to, I guess, fund his event, to start funding his eventual liver transfer. Uh, so I guess if you want, once again, if, if you want a British man to do something incredibly stupid, go to his GoFundMe and good luck find, I don't know. Tyler, you've already made me look like an idiot once tonight. You go find, see if you can't find go uh, John May's GoFundMe in the uh, in the time it takes me to finish this, uh, to this rant. I could not fucking find it. Maybe I'm bad at the internet. This could be... Watch this. Tyler will go, oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> <It'll>, <laughs> I might just suck at this whole thing. But um, anyway, while well, he's doing that, um, uh, uh, I guess if you can find it. Well, actually, what I found was several other men named John May who actually probably need your money a lot more than he does. I found a guy who's desperate for rent and food money while he's battling cancer. Uh, there's uh, another guy who's, I think, battling a, some disease with a very long name and a horrible de description of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of uh, effects. So, uh, but if, if you want... And I also went to... Uh, off, he's, I'm not... This might surprise people. I'm not on TikTok, so and trying to comb TikTok on your desktop computer is a bit of a bitch. And I can only watch so many videos of a drunk British guy slurring who's not a frontman for a punk band before I just give up. I could not watch all that many. It's mostly him just talking, just describing his day, and he's usually half in the bag, but... 
if yeah, it, I couldn't. I couldn't find it. I just okay, kept finding funeral, funeral. I can't afford to live. <laughs> Most yeah, mo- more mostly uh, GoFundMe stuff, which yeah, if, yeah, in, enjoy that. Uh, it's 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 as fun as the uh, as the GoFundMe's that get great publicity are. Go dredge through the ones that have no supporters, and there's just a dying guy who nobody cares about. That's if you really need that emotional boost through your day. Um, but <laughs> and and then know that there are people going to go fund me to give a guy more money to drink more. That's that's our world, everybody. Enjoy it. Um, and I guess I don't know what, if you want to go do that. Um, I don't know what you get. Maybe the warm, fuzzy feeling of buying a guy a beer that uh, is just one of many that will uh, uh, that will lend him to an early grave. Uh, although, of course, we also lost this week one of the truly great drinkers of our time, or in fact, any time, uh, Shane McGowan, a man who probably inadvertently pulled off John May's challenge every year of his fucking life, sometimes before Easter, uh, finally closed his tab in this world and was flung out to the gutter of the next. Uh, the gutter poet, uh, a man whose uh, drinking got him kicked out of an Irish band and makes a chronic alchemy on TikTok seem like a Sunday sipper. Uh, a man whose face could only become a rock star because as a hobo, he'd probably starve. Uh, it... it and yet his lovely prose clothed the dirty parts of humanity and made it vaguely presentable. Um, he managed to limp to the ripe old age of 64. So I guess I, I guess there's hope for John May. He could probably continue doing this. He's I think the last I checked was 29. So he's got he's got a good 35 years uh, ahead of him of, of this. And uh, in honor of John May and, and mostly Shane McGowan, uh, some lyrics from the Pogues came to mind, so I hope you'll indulge me for a moment. A man's ambition must indeed be small to write his name upon a shithouse wall. But before I go, I'll add my regal scrawl and tell the world I'm left with sweet fuck all. Good luck, John. Uh, God bless Shane McGowan. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to add besides a petition to have me never sing on this podcast again? Uh, the only thing is, uh, if you're looking for the craziest Miller High Life uh, Christmas decoration, do I have that for you? Um, Miller High Life is, they stopped and thought, what is it that our customers truly want? And they went, you know what, let's do this giant neon tree with the little lady on the moon as our tree topper so they can decorate their house with it and then they stopped and they said nah a two and a half foot light up neon tree isn't just what they need we want it to smell like their favorite dive bar i mean that makes sense i mean as i'm thinking about like putting that the miller high life ornament on top of my christmas tree and i would actually like to right now just to see the horror of my wife's face it it would only add oh, to the no, this is a whole neon christmas tree with said topper oh it's the this whole tree a... yeah oh even better just as i'm putting that tree in the living room having my wife go oh hell no no it smells like beer and butt well <laughs> this uh 
light-up neon Christmas tree has been infused with the scent of sweet tobacco. I guess that's, if you're talking about old school, uh, the problem, see, here's the problem with dive bars. Um, throughout <laughs> most of the country, throughout most of the country, we've outlawed smoking indoors, which is probably a good thing. But uh, we, we now know what a dive bar smells like for two reasons. Number one, we're not smoking in there, so we can, so well, we're, we're smoking less or not smoking at all. And so our sense of smell works. And also, of course, it's not choked with to, with a, a tobacco smoke so you can smell what that place smells like I seem to remember an article uh, I need to find this again uh, it might be an urban legend but but bear with me there in New York right after they uh, enacted the smoking ban uh, in a dive bar they they smelled something horrible and as they're trying to figure out what the fuck that was they started like they it, they brought it to the walls they broke down one of the walls and found a man who had been missing for the better part of a decade holy shit <laughs> and um. no one had noticed cuz he basically his rotting corpse had been had been covered up by the stink of a hundred people smoking every day well if you think I want a two-and-a-half-foot Christmas tree that smells like sweet tobacco in my house, the day this podcast is released, it goes on sale, so Friday, December 8th, and each highlight is priced at $120. But if you think two-and-a-half-foot's not quite big enough, Miller High Life is also giving away a full-size, five-foot-tall version Jesus. on fr- on Friday, December 15th, um, and the Miller Lite does assure that all of these will arrive in time for Christmas. <laughs> I, just, I just imagine the kind of person that would ideally have a... a a, a Miller High Life tree that reeks of tobacco, and actually you come to mind, I... <laughs> without without the civil like if you were not married and did not have a child and you were left to your own devices that's what what that, Maybe. that's what would happen that's exactly what would happen yeah probably With, not but being married and kids are a civilizing influence and that's a good thing because shit like this is what we would do given complete freedom <laughs> you know it i know it <laughs> I, I mean, probably, I, but I probably wouldn't have that tree. But I would, but I would probably be. It, my, mine would be so much worse. I'm like, I don't know if I want my house to smell like tobacco the whole time. You were just, you're too young to to have uh, really uh, uh, had a lot of time smoking in a dive bar. That's the problem. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I remember. Fuck. When, as a kid, my parents used to smoke, and going into a restaurant, and they'd be like, "Smoking or non-smoking." <laughs> I vaguely remember that too. And really, it was just like a slightly higher wall, but not like a full wall separating the two sections. So it did absolutely nothing. Right. I mean, there's the there there just at best the opposite end of the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And some and well and then there was my parents who they didn't smoke, but they also didn't care. And so if there, it was a lot of times there was like smoking or non-smoking, non-smoking. Oh, that'll be a thirty-minute wait. Oh, well, do you have something in the smoking section? Yeah, let's go over there. Okay, we'll we'll go to the smoking section. We don't give a fuck. 
<laughs> look, I don't care if a little one gets asthma. I don't want to wait 30 minutes. <laughs> You'll be fine, kid. Just don't breathe. Try not try to breathe so much. Try not to breathe so much. Smoking <laughs> cures cancer, right? <laughs> it's a wonder. <laughs> it's a wonder our parents survived their childhood long enough to have us. And <laughs> It's truly a miracle. Oh, anything else for us tonight? That's it for me. Oh, this has been uh, It's All Beer, if you'd like to get a... If, uh, uh, I apparently uh, uh, owe, uh, uh, owe, owe you some videos if I can find a, a way to post them on our uh, post them on our social media. Uh, look forward to uh, to some of the uh, highlights from Armed Forces Brewing um, as and also what we're drinking today. A truly awful... Uh, uh, ironically it's like i have to post this beer but why am i gonna post the one i i i i've been bad at that lately so i haven't posted the last couple of beers that i've actually quite enjoyed this one is awful i'm like i gotta post this one that's that's also the culture we live in but you can see what we're drinking (laughs) uh on our instagram you can also find us on facebook um uh, you can send us an email if you'd uh, 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 if you'd like to let me know how to fucking use Google. Um, it, you can find that it, it's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, he won't know how to check it. I. That's true. I don't. I. It's, I. I. I probably. I probably. Uh, 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 there was one point. In time, it, I, I check it about. I try to check about once a week. Uh, and then there was there was uh, uh, one week I forgot. And that was like the one week we actually got an email and it was a guy who was trying to throw a party for Anchor Brewing who wanted us to promote, like, he had wanted to buy a bunch of kegs for Anchor Brewing and wanted us to promote, uh, uh, help him promote that, that party. I'm like, well, you are really overestimating our reach. <laughs> we can get probably like four people there, including us. <laughs> Well, except for it was in San Francisco, and I don't know where people listen How to us. How the fuck he, did he find us? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, uh, we maybe have one listener in San Francisco in which, hi, welcome, thank you, uh, thank, thank you for the offer. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you at the time. Um, I, and I, it was, it was 14 days when I got that email, so I hadn't gotten back to you after that. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, 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 two things. Uh, number one, uh, thank you, but you are drastically overestimating our, our, our reach. Um, and two, um, uh, no thanks. I, I, I don't think we're going to... Let it die. <laughs> It'll rise again like a magnificent phoenix or some other city in Arizona. <laughs> But if you said so, if you'd like to send me an email, that would that will languish in the box for like 14 days before I finally don't send me anything pressing. I guess that's what I'm texting. But you can send that to it's all beer at gmail.com, uh, and you can leave us a rating on uh, iTunes or Google or Google Podcasts or Facebook or whatever. Um, if you'd like to comment on any of the stories or uh, or send some uh, or send some stories our way. Uh, um, uh, you can go ahead and do that, and that'll be quite enough for us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm a beer. Have fun.